Hello and welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I am your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church, and I am here today with Pastor Josh Hildebrandt. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, so today it's just uh, just me and Josh here in studio. It's a little lonely. uh, A little lonely. We're missing Pastor Chad, but he's off doing sermon prep for our Acts series, and we're jumping back into that this week after Easter. Yep, looking forward to it. Absolutely. But today, we are going to have a conversation about our with uh, vision that we've been talking about. If you go back and listen to episode number one, Chad and I kind of talked a little bit about this idea of with and how it's shaping our idea of discipleship here at Highview. We want to see these with relationships. Basically, to condense our that concept of with is to say you add the word with to just about anything and it becomes a discipling thing. So you go to the store. Well, if you go to the store with somebody, you're using that as a chance to connect with them, to build a relationship, to even maybe you know building some ways you can speak into their lives in, in ways you couldn't if they weren't with you. And so, yeah, we just want to see discipleship as bringing others into our everyday life so that those relationships can grow stronger. But as a result of that, we have decided to focus on four areas that we want to see uh, these with relationships go. And so they are serve with, connect with, grow with, and go with. And Josh, our um, one of our preaching pastors as well, uh, did a sermon about serve with recently. So we wanted to kind of unpack that idea of what it means to serve with, and uh, we just want to talk through his sermon, maybe ask some questions about what that service might look like, how we serve in our daily lives, why we serve, why it's hard to serve. Uh, but what I want to do is start with reading the passage that we uh, looked at that particular Sunday morning. So this is coming from John chapter 13, and uh, this is a story probably we all know pretty well, but it's the story where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and he serves them in that way. So I'm going to read uh, quickly through John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, and he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured the water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garment and resumed his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right for uh, for so I am. If then your, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. 
For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So this story, uh, Josh kind of unpacked for us a couple Sundays ago, uh, gives a picture of Jesus serving. And um, as, as you began the sermon, Josh, you talked a little bit about Christ as an example. Um, talk about why that's an important part of this story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the, um, uh, you know, the picture that's painted for us here uh, with Christ leaving us an example was so important for a couple reasons. Um, you know, one, because, you know, in this life, we're always trying to figure out, if you will, what we're doing. Uh, and I kind of started the sermon asking the question, have you ever been asked to do something you have no idea how to do? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a place we find ourselves a lot in life. Um, I know I do, and particularly in my Christian life. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure out just how to live this Christian life. And, yep. and yes, we have the Spirit that's walking beside us and you know, teaching us and, and, and helping us grow. Um, but, but still, there's, there's this challenge of how do I do this thing? You know, yeah. There's these places in Scripture that, um, you know, the Apostle Paul... Uh, ask us to do things and tells us to do things, walk by the Spirit. And, and, and even, even Peter says the things that Paul says are hard. Are, are hard, <laughs> right? And, and of course, that, that doesn't mean that they can't be understood. Right. But, but there's this challenge, like you're, you're working with how do I live this out? But it's so refreshing, and I found it so refreshing that, that Jesus says, look, this is, he just shows us, this is what I, I'm doing. Here's a group of people I'm with. Here's how I serve them. This is an example. This is what living the Christian life looks yeah. like. Now go and do this. And it doesn't mean it's easy, yeah. but it does at least paint your roadmap like, okay, this is what living the Christian life looks like. So for me, when I was kind of looking at this and, and reading through it, it was just so refreshing, like, okay, I don't have to kind of parse this out to yeah. see what does this mean. Just right. I just got to obey. And yeah. Do it, you know? Well, so I have an example sure. of using an example. Um, now, I awesome. just to let our listening audience know, probably just members of our church, but we'll, we'll see who, who hears this. Uh, I am not the most handy person, mm. um, but my wife wanted me, she's gotten into these the essential oils and stuff. Yeah. You know? um, maybe we'll do a podcast on essential oils yeah, they're, one day. They're very important. Yeah, but she wanted this shelf to put these uh, the little things on, and I don't have tools. I, I don't have a shop. I don't know. You know, I, I know that you can buy wood at Home Depot. Not sure I would know what to do with it to build yeah. this you, shelf that she wanted. You could have called me. I and, could have. And then I could have referred you to someone. <laughs> right. to <help> you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I kind of had an idea. Uh, you know, obviously she was sending me pictures of stuff on the, on, the inter, on the interwebs of designs and things. But I actually went to my Paul's shop and he had the tools. He had a place to work. And he had actually already built an oil shelf for my sister. And so we, you know, sat down and he showed me this example, what he had already built. And he actually bought the pieces of wood and and had the same measurements to cut and all those things. And so he just walked me through his already built example. And uh, yeah, I still missed some, some nails and some screws, you know, that went kind of wonky, but I had a picture and I had somebody walking with me. And that's kind of what we're saying here that Jesus has given us, you know, this template, this, you know, this, this picture to look at. Right. And Absolutely. and gives us a, a model that we can follow after. It doesn't mean we're going to perfectly um, resemble that model. Exactly. But it gives us something to aim at. Right. So. You know, we're not clueless how to live the Christian life. I, yeah. th- I think that's the thing. And if you look at um, if you look at Christians that that are just not serving in any way, 
um, their, their excuse cannot be, I don't know how. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's an obedience issue, really, right. because we have been given an example. And, you know, that's um, that's kind of to the point a little bit, but it's, it's true, I think. And that's what I want to, you know, see in my own heart, in my own life, these areas where I'm not serving it's it's not an issue of me really not knowing how to do it. It's really an issue of me not obeying, yeah. not not loving well enough. So yeah, maybe we should go back to the days where we all wore the "What would Jesus do?" bracelets. Man, I mean, it's a simple truth, but it's it's uh, yeah. it's so profound and it's so uh, what we need in our lives. Yeah. I mean, there's you know if you read through the Gospels and you just look at the life of Christ, there are so many things just uh, how he lived that if we pattern our life after um, you know. It's it's what we're called to do. So. Yeah. So, uh, what are some of the things that keep us from from serving well? Uh, what are some of those barriers, things yeah. that, that make us think that serving is hard or, or serving others is yeah? I think difficult. I think there's a, a couple things um, that that keep us from serving. Um, you know, um, one of them I think is, and I talk about this in the sermon, is is an identity issue. Um, we often think that. Um, the main thing that keeps us from serving is, um, you know, we, we just haven't found the right person to serve. We don't usually think the thing that keeps us from serving is ourself. Hmm. Um, we don't we don't view it that way. We usually view it as it's something to do with the other person, right? So we don't know enough about their need, um, or maybe we don't, you know, we don't like the particular person, or we yeah. don't think they really deserve we know it. Too much about them. We know too much about them, right? But the yeah. the issue usually, I think, the thing that keeps us from serving is we don't know enough about ourselves, um, particularly for the Christian. We don't really mm-hmm. know who we are in Christ, and um, and what we've been made in Christ, right? And we we yeah. see that you know Christ came um, not to be served, but to serve, right? To give His life as a ransom for many. Um, we see that uh, Christ also that He. Um, those in the form of God did not count quality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on yeah. the form of a servant. And we know we've been given the mind of Christ, right? Uh, scriptures also tell us that. So all of these new realities that we have because of um, our salvation, because of the new birth, and these things uh, should compel us to service. Um, yeah. And so when I'm struggling with not serving, I think the thing that's keeping me from serving is mainly that I've lost sight of just who I am in Christ um, and that there's no one better positioned to serve than mm. the Christian. Yeah. You know, yeah. I consider um, a lot of times we think, you know, people that really have uh, their life together, maybe they're real uh, wealthy or they just have resources. We think these are the people that should be serving. And we look right. on at these people and we say they're positioned in a place to serve. Yep. And, you know, my message to, to the body of Christ is you're positioned in a place to serve because of what Christ has done for us. Right. And we can be extravagant with our service um, because of these great promises. Yeah, I think you mentioned this in the sermon as well, that we definitely don't lack opportunity. Right. You can look around and, and find, you know, unlimited opportunities to serve others, especially, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but when you're in a community of believers when yeah. you're even just in the world you see abundant opportunities of ways that we can serve and so yeah let's let's kind of move into the the bulk of the sermon was about those things that should compel us 
to uh, to service, and we see those in this in this story through the example of Jesus. So let, let's talk a little bit about this first mm-hmm. kind of element that compels service for the Christian, and that is identity. Yeah. Um, so how how did you see in this text or in this uh, this narrative? How did identity and who who Jesus knew he was shape his heart to serve? Sure. So, yeah, I, I found kind of as I was reading through this, one of the things that that struck me was that um, before John unpacked this great act of service that that Jesus did, the first thing he does is he makes a statement about the glory of Jesus, really, yeah. like who Jesus was. So that's, you know, verse 1, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. And then here's the, the section. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Um, actually, it's a verse later, sorry. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. Here it is. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. So Jesus knew some things about himself. He, yeah. he had these three statements that he knew. He knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. He knew where he had come from, and he knew where he was going. And and this allowed Jesus to to serve kind of with this reckless abandonment, right? He, he wasn't insecure in who he was, yeah. um, and he, he didn't have to kind of... Um, you know, build walls around himself and make sure that he was protected. He was able to serve um, recklessly because he knew exactly who he was and this identity that he has. And, you know, the, the message is not f- so that we will, you know, in our of ourselves find this identity in ourselves and just become real puffed up and have this large ego. That's not the point of this identity. Yeah. What we're talking about here is that the Christian identifying and finding their identity in the person of Jesus Christ in these eternal realities, right, yep. that, that go beyond just this temporal world. It's kind of the concept, don't lay up for yourself treasures here in this yeah. world where moth and rust destroy, but, you know, treasures in heaven and where, your, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And, and just seeing these principles that Jesus has laid down for us and having that as our identity, that enables the Christian to serve like nobody else on this planet. Yeah. Like, there are people... That, that do serve others here that don't know Jesus, that they, they love and they, they yep. give of their money and their time. Um, but there's a sense in which it's, it's still temporal. It's yep. limited yep. to us to, in, in a certain extent. And the Christian, that, those limits are destroyed because of the promise of resurrection, the promise of eternity with him and, and, and just our being with him in heaven. Um, and so I think identity is so, so crucial. It's yeah. key. If we want to serve, and well, we got to get that right. One of the things that sticks out to me, or a verse that that comes to my mind, is uh, that you are no longer your own, for you were bought with a price. Mm-hmm. And so, if we now belong to this Jesus, who knew who He was, uh, that He was, you know, sit of God the Father, that He was returning to God the Father, He had all things in His hands, uh, and then we now belong to Him, having His identity placed on us. That should that should shape us a certain way, but it, particularly I, I think about that phrase that you are not your own. Mm. Uh, one of the things I, I've seen in my own life that kind of has limited my service or has called me to even reject opportunities to serve is thinking that my time is my own, or my money is my own, uh, or uh, you know my status is in my hands, and I've got to protect all these things and. And usually that's what service takes. It, it takes you 
laying down some of those resources, right? Giving someone else your time, giving someone else of your money, even deciding to lower your status a little bit to step down and serve the least of these. Uh, if we are wrapped up in, in the thought that all of these things belong to us, then we're definitely not going to steward those things well, those opportunities to serve. But if we realize we've been bought with a price, we've been purchased by this Jesus that we're reading about, then then all of our resources are his. Yeah. All of our time is his. All of our money is, is his. And, and we belong to a different kingdom. Right. One of the things I talked about that's so true is, um, you know, there's two mindsets that, that, that in general I see in people. There's this self-mindset and this service, servant mindset. And, of course, Christ fully had the servant mindset. There was no self-centered mindset in him. Mm-hmm. But this self-mindset that I think is so um, often seen in you know, me and, and just people in general, it's kind of this, um, another term I use for it is this poverty mindset. And it's a mindset that we're you know, operating out of lack. And it's a result of the fall. You know, yeah. and, and we're all plagued by it. We, we uh, operate out of this lack that we have and that keeps us constantly checking to make sure we have enough. But that's not the mindset that Christ had, again, yeah. because he knew who he was. He knew where he was going. He knew what belonged to him. Right. And so he was able to not make sure always that he had enough. He was able just to serve yeah. and to not think about the consequences. And, um, you know, it's, um, I think it's kind of counterintuitive to us because we're so used to our brokenness and we're so mm-hmm. used to this kind of fallen mindset we have. Yeah. But I think the Christian needs to understand we've been given the mind of Christ to serve in this way, yeah. um, to, you know, to be selfless with our lives. So one of the things we see explicitly in the life of Christ and also, you know, we understand as uh, one of the primary uh, elements of the fruit of the Spirit is this uh, this new uh, source of love that we have as believers. So how does that, uh, how is that evident in, yeah. in Christ in the story, but how does that apply itself in, in the Christian life? Yeah. So the striking part to me in this story was not the act itself, but who the act was done to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the passage says that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And, you know, one of the things that hinders us from serving, um, perhaps the most, is that we just don't love. We just don't love. Um, We we don't love others, really. Um, We put up with them, but we don't really love them um, enough to serve them. And the thing that was striking to me in this passage was that Jesus loved his disciples so much that he served them all the way to the end, and he served even the one who was about to betray him. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's so striking and and you know I brought this up in the sermon but when Jesus entered this mill he knew that he was about to be crucified in 24 hours like right. that that was impending he knew he was about to go through all this anguish and this torment on the yeah. cross he knew that and the disciples entered this mill we can read in Luke and and find this account they had just been discussing who was the greatest <laughs> and and talking about who, yeah. you know who was going to be closest to Jesus and serve at his side and and of course you know Jesus rebukes them for that and um, so they come in with one mindset. Jesus comes in with one mindset. And I, as I was reading this, I just asked this question of myself. What would I do if I knew that I was about to go through extreme anguish, yep. like have a tragedy in my life, and my friends were like discussing who was the greatest? Would I find time in that moment to serve them? Right. And then even on top of that, one who was about to betray me, would I find time to serve them? And the answer I had to give was probably not. Right. You know? And then I had to ask, what compelled Jesus to do this? Yeah. 
love. That's that's the 100%. only thing that could we, fail. That. It's funny to me. I think we actually avoid serving people for a lot less. All the time. You know, we, we use these reasons why well, they don't deserve it. They treated me this way. Uh, they wouldn't appreciate it if I did this or that. Um, and Jesus literally washed it. You, you mentioned this in the sermon, which is kind of a mind-blowing picture, that Judas, the one who had already, again, at the beginning of the passage, had already had it set in his mind that he was going to betray Jesus. And Jesus knows this, and yet he decides to wash his feet. And so Judas then goes, and he goes with clean feet because yeah. Jesus has served him in this way. Yeah, the principle that I got behind that is, you know, in, in that statement, it, it that shook me, that statement. It did. But the principle is kind of this. Would we serve those and better someone's life, uh, even if that person was our enemy, even if yeah. that person was, at the end of the day, going to do us harm? Yeah. Do, do we live our lives in such a way that the people around us are bettered? Right. Like Jesus, the people around him, he served them so well, they were bettered. Like <laughs> Judas walked out of that yeah. that meal to betray Jesus with clean feet as he went to betray Jesus. Um, and what a picture of service and love. Um, you know, and then the, the other concept kind of that was so important with the point of love was offense. I think offense mm-hmm. keeps us from serving so often. Um, we're offended that another person needs us. Um, we're offended because we think we you know, need to be served more or they're in that predicament because of bad decisions or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And love ultimately is the thing and the only thing that severs that root of offense and allows us to serve. Mm, that's good. And the last kind of piece of this thing, uh, the third thing that compels Christians to sacrificial service is the uh, the reality of community. Mm. So how does that how does that fit into our lives and how does community actually help us serve better. Right. So community uh, is so important uh, for service. In fact, you know, if you are going to serve someone, you've got to be in community. The very act itself kind of initiates a small community right there. Um, But community, you know, service in that context, it either flourishes or it can can actually be neglected when people start to think someone else in the community is going to do it. Um, But but community is the place where we, we see needs, um, where we are um, encouraged to serve, where we have people serving us, where examples are given. Um, you know, it's when we find ourselves on an island all by ourselves yeah. that all of a sudden we start to build bitterness because we're not being served. Yeah. But then we, we don't have access to the joy that Jesus talks about at the end of this because we don't have someone to selflessly serve. Yeah. So it's this this cycle of bitterness and non-service, and we can't find our way out of it. Right. And community kind of breaks that cycle. It puts it in our face where either we're going to be served or we're you know um, encouraged to serve, and it's just such a healthy dynamic. That's great. And, and it kind of uh, points us to the last... The last verse that we read is uh, 13, verse 17, which Jesus kind of ends with this uh, almost countercultural idea where he says, you know these things, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so you just kind of mentioned if we end up on that isolated island, then really we do become more embittered because we don't have 
whether it's anyone to serve us or we actually, I think it's more so that we don't have anyone to serve. Exactly. We were, we were created for community, exactly. right? We we're created to uh, intentionally connect with others. It's kind of a spoiler for the next with sermon connect with. Yeah. Um, I heard someone that's like a great preacher is going to be preaching that. We'll see. Too. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Um, Tyler, yeah. Our very own Tyler Sway. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We're going to have a, a later conversation about that. So be looking forward to connect with coming up. But yeah, so this idea that service actually benefits us mm-hmm. serving someone else. Yeah. It, how does that really balance out? Because it almost seems counterintuitive, right? right. Service should be this, you know, I'm going to give completely of myself so that I don't benefit, but that others benefit. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's, it is a counterintuitive idea. Like if, when you go and serve someone, you're, the first thought is the person that you serve is the, the beneficiary and they are to a certain degree, but they're not the biggest beneficiary. That's what this scripture really teaches us. Like it's better to give than receive. Like happy are you if you do these things. Um, and, and I think ultimately that's just, just the way God made us. Yeah. Like it's our fallenness that te- that wants us to believe that receiving is better. But I think God made us right in his image and our God is a giver. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I asked myself this question at the end when I was kind of wrapping up sermon prep, uh, who is the happiest person in the world? Mm. Jesus. Yeah. And there's never been a person that's served and given right. more of himself than Jesus. And he's our example. Yep. And so, you know, I just pondered this myself. If I want to be happy um, in a real happiness, you know, and, and joy, then I need to find my life and find myself serving others, laying my life down. Yeah. And, I, and I think I'll find happiness and joy in that. Yeah. It makes me think of Hebrews 12, uh, 1 and 2, where he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, hmm. the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Amen. And despising the shame is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So, yeah, it, throughout this this race that we're running, um, it it helps us to look to Jesus, to look to the one who has authored this thing, who's sustaining this thing. But the picture is that he endured the cross for joy. Amen. He was so joyful to to serve us in that way. Yeah. And I think that's a fitting picture that we should try to uh, live, live toward every day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the other thought with this is, Hey, these things should compel us to service, but the idea of with is bring someone with you as you are serving sacrificially. And if I know one of the things that I think about, as I think about service and serving, um, I, I don't know that there's been people who have really pulled me alongside uh, as they have served, like you see people serving, uh, but one of the best things I think we can do for uh, younger believers, just other believers in general, to help mature one another, is to first of all ourselves have this attitude of service, but then show others what that looks like. Absolutely. Bring others alongside you and be like Christ, and that He set an example. Paul says, "Hey, I'm going to imitate Christ, but as I imitate Him, you guys imitate me." Yeah, one of the things I thought of is, what am I modeling? Right for younger Christians or my yeah. kids, and, yeah. and I have this thought: I model all the time what it's like to consume to my kids. Oh wow! I model that all the time. Oh yeah, they see that. Yep. And it's I'm not like sitting, you know, Eli beside me and saying, "Son, watch as I consume <laughs> watch these how Netflix I, yeah. episodes." Wow. Or watch yeah. how. But I modeled that for him, yep. and then I had to ask myself this question: How am I also Good. intentionally modeling service? Man. Like, come with me, Eli. Watch how I do this. And yeah. So it's so important for us to model that. 
That's great. Well, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up right there. Thank you, Josh, for helping us expand on this idea of serving with. Absolutely. Go ahead and rate and review this podcast. Hopefully it's been helpful to you and to maybe your local church. If you would, uh, just let us know. Find us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, You can search for Highview Church, and we love to get your feedback on these episodes. We hope that you have a wonderful day. Go serve somebody and bring someone along with you. See you later.